The Philadelphia Eagles beat the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Cincinnati Bengals to set up a Super Bowl showdown. We talk about the Chiefs, the Eagles, and even the Panthers hiring Frank Reich as their head coach coming up next here on this episode of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday. That means you have me, Kevin Ostreicher, one of the many NFL experts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today, making us your first listen of the day or free and available on all platforms, including over on YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On NFL is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive 100 minutes in the bottom match up to $100 or promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code Locked On. And we are here bringing you the biggest stories from across the NFL. And obviously, that is the championship weekend and how it unfolded throughout the NFL. We have the Philadelphia Eagles trouncing the San Francisco 49ers, and we have the Kansas City Chiefs winning an extremely close and exciting game against the Cincinnati Bengals. So in the first segment, we'll be talking with Gino Camilleri of Locked On Eagles about how the Eagles were able to get the job done, advance to the Super Bowl here. Then in the second segment, we'll move over to Chris Clark of Locked On Chiefs as we'll get his take on just how that game unfolded. Now the Chiefs were able to come out victorious. Then in the final segment, we'll move over to the coaching carousel, talk with Julian Council of Locked On Panthers about the newest hire, the newest head coach of the Carolina Panthers and Frank Wright. So without any further ado, let's talk with Gino Camilleri first of Locked on Eagles. Well, the Philadelphia Eagles are headed back to the Super Bowl. They defeat the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game 31-7. to Here to talk with me about that is Gino Camilleri, one of the hosts over at Locked on Eagles. Gino, I first want to get your emotions, just how you're feeling right now. The Eagles going back to the Super Bowl, not a very long hiatus for them. They were there just a couple of years ago. They won that game. Now they're back with a chance to win another one. I feel almost like a kid again when I first started loving this team because that was the expectation in the early 2000s. It was NFC Championship, NFC Championship, four times over. You finally get to a Super Bowl, and they never crossed that plateau to get to the Mecca, and they finally did that five years ago. And the craziest part about it all is that that run was with Nick Foles. This run was with Jalen Hurts. All the while, we thought it was going to be Carson Wentz. So I'm just enjoying this ride for what it is because it truly is unbelievable. They've never played the same team in an NFC championship. So that's a new experience to go and beat the 49ers in back-to-back NFC championships. And in back-to-back games, you've only allowed seven points to the opposing team. You want to talk about modern-day dominance, Kevin. What the Eagles have been able to do in the playoffs in the 21st century, it has to be talked about with some of the best teams in this sport as a whole. Because when you look at their playoff wins, the big-time moments, playing for Super Bowls, outside of New England, who we know they're the dynasty, you have to mention them with the Chiefs. You have to mention them with your Baltimore Ravens. You have to mention them with the Niners. Because that's just what the standard is now. And that's how I'm feeling. I, I felt great when this game ended. But like Brian Dawkins said, when he looked in the eyes of Jeffrey Lurie, one more. Like, 
that's the expectation. I, I feel great after this game, but you got to go win the whole thing. You have to go win it now. There, there's no other way around it. And just enjoying this ride because who knows when it could happen again? Who who really knows? This could be the last time they get there for another decade for all we know. So I'm just drinking this in, man. It's been fun. <laughs> Yeah, and in order for them to get there to that Super Bowl, they had to defeat the 49ers who are, you know, they played well all season. Obviously, they went through a bunch of quarterback issues throughout the course of this game with injuries, but it just felt like a kind of weird game overall. I mean, what was the game flow to you like, Gino, and how were the Eagles able to pull this out? It felt like one of those games that when we go back and think about how it all played out, just there was no rhythm to it at all. And it never felt like the Eagles offense got going. And even when they got turnovers, they didn't capitalize in all of those situations. And they didn't even go 50% on third downs. And you're saying that's all the Eagles have lost in the past. The Eagles have lost this exact game before. So the flow of the game, I, I was nervous all the way until they got a three, a three score lead, to be honest with you, because with the way that San Fran is built, and I, I didn't expect Shanahan to go so conservative with his play calling, they can run on you at will with all of those people that they have there with Debo and finding ways to get it to Ayuk and McCaffrey. And that just never came to fruition. But when you look at it, when it's all said and done, this felt very similar to the early 2000s where the defense set the pace right out of the gate. Hassan Riddick coming off the edge there, and leading to what would put Brock Purdy out of the game and set the Eagles up with great field position, which didn't come to much, but it ultimately was the thermostat and the temperature of the room with what that Eagles D-line did. They did it all season long. They continued to dominate. They were putting pressure on the quarterbacks, drive after drive after drive after drive. And that's really what I'm taking away from this is that we thought the Eagles' offense was going to be this juggernaut that could compete with everybody. Well, now you have two units that can do it because the way the defense played today, you went blow for blow with the best defense in the National Football League, and you came out on top, man. That that was truly something. When things didn't look like they were going your way, you still got all the bounces in the right direction, and that makes for a special season. Yeah, and I think you got to got got to give a lot of credit to Howie Roseman and how was he he was able to build Absolutely. this team, being very aggressive in the offseason, going out and, and mm-hmm. adding even more pieces before the trade deadline, and now it's it's all come together for a dominant offense, a dominant defense, and that's what you need in this day and age to go out there. You have to have a very balanced team. But, you know, when we're talking about who the Eagles are going to play in the Super Bowl, we're recording this right as the Bengals and Chiefs are facing off. So I want I did this with Louie last week for the NFC Championship, but if you had to pick one of those teams who you'd rather see the Eagles play, whether it is Kansas City, whether it is Cincinnati, could, could you kind of make an argument for both as to why you maybe want to see them, why you maybe wouldn't, and then who your ultimate pick would be? I would say, I think, let's start with the Chiefs. The story of Andy Reid facing off against his former team in the Super Bowl. You can't write that script in Hollywood just for the emotional emotional aspect of it. That would be awesome. But I want to play the Cincinnati Bengals. I look at their offensive line, and I see what the Eagles did today against Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey and what they did last week against the Giants and what they've done all season long. That defense could set that temperature instantaneously in that game to me against Cincinnati. And yes, Joe Burrow is very good, but if you don't have time to throw and you have people at your doorstep within a second and a half, like every quarterback that the Eagles have played all season long has gone against until they prove me wrong where they can't hit home and get pressure. 
I believe that you want to go against that team that doesn't have their healthy offensive line this late in the season. And if they do have to play the Kansas City Chiefs, I think both of these defenses are not as good as what you played with the Niners today. It's take your pick of what quarterback and offense you think you can go against and has better matchups. I say it's Cincinnati because you never know with the magic of Mahomes. I mean, he could go out there today, light it up with a bum ankle, and then do that two weeks from now as well. Right, and I remember, Gino, we talked throughout the season, and you know, early on, your like was asked you about, do you believe this team is a Super Bowl favorite? And you were kind of like, uh, don't want to, don't want to put that label on them yet. But then that that turn that you got to turn the corner later on in the season and said, you know what? Yes. I feel like this could be a team that could go all the way. Now we're here. Are you confident regardless of what matchup that the Eagles can go out there and win this thing? I have to be, I mean, what, what more can I say? I can, I said all the crow about Jalen hurts when they drafted him, And I've been at the neck of Howie Roseman in the past and they've all proved me wrong. And I've said with this Eagles team until they prove me wrong in whatever lineup they send out there against whatever opponent you have to believe that they're the favorite. And I'm not just saying that because, I mean, clearly I'm wearing Eagles colors and everything behind me right now. But, Kevin, if you look at teams that win this late in the season, it comes from the trenches. And that was the Howie Roseman mentality, who learned from the guy playing in the AFC Championship right now, coaching in the AFC Championship, and Andy Reid. You build from the inside out. And that was ever so evident today in the NFC Championship as a whole with those two teams that got there and believing that the Eagles can go all the way with the depth they have on both sides of the offense and defensive line and what they are able to do in terms of running the football and stopping the run, I I can't say that they're not. And we'll see when they go against one of these elite quarterbacks what is going to happen. But if they play good, sound, fundamental football, which they did today, they took care of the football, took the ball away, they can beat just about anybody. And they only got one more to go and win, so we'll see. Yeah, it takes one more. The Eagles, they, they earned their spot in the big dance. Now we'll see if they can go out there and finish the job. But, Gino, thank you so much. For more on the Eagles and, of course, Gino's work, be sure to check out the Locked On Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Gino, I appreciate you. The Eagles were the best team in football this year, and they proved it throughout their run to the Super Bowl. But they have one more game left. And it's against the Kansas City Chiefs in the big game. So coming up in our second segment, we'll be diving into what Chris Clark of Locked On Chiefs has to say about the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a lot to talk about here on Locked On NFL. But first, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. And for me, still undefeated in fantasy basketball. Although my stars keep getting hurt. I did get Anthony Davis back, but guys keep going out. But if you want a different twist, on fantasy, be sure to check out Prize Picks, and there are a ton of different formats you can play. It is super easy to use. You can have a ton of current entries and how it works. Pick two to six players, and if they will go score more or less in their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to twenty-five times your money on an entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, including the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, college basketball and so much more. Entries can be made in six seconds or less. Is that easy? They are safe investors draws and currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you 
$100, you'd deposit $50. Price picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. We return here to our second segment of Locked On NFL Post Championship Weekend. I'm Kevin Ostreicher, the host of Locked On Ravens, bringing you NFL content here. Thank you so much again for tuning in and making Locked On NFL your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, follow along in audio form. We're everywhere you get your podcast. But let's now move into our conversation with Chris Clark of Locked On Chiefs as Kansas City was able to defeat Cincinnati in a wild one, 23-20. So let's dive into that conversation. The Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl bound after their <clears throat> win against the Cincinnati Bengals, 23-20, to and just a, a crazy wild game. Here to talk about that with me is Chris Clark, one of the hosts over at Locked On Chiefs. And Chris, what kind of emotions are you feeling right now after a game like that? Pretty back and forth overall, but coming down to the wire, Harrison Butker wins it pretty much at the buzzer for him. Yeah, you know, it, it's hard for me to really put into words how I'm feeling right now because you watched, if you watched Kansas City all this season, you watched Sky Moore struggle on punt returns and actually muff three of them and lose all three of them. He comes in, has a huge punt return to put him in position to have a chance to even get to a field goal. Then Mahomes gets a first down. And the Cincinnati player is dumb enough to, you know, hit him out outside the, you know, outside the, in out of bounds. And, you know, say what you want about the refereeing. It was a struggle at different times tonight for both teams, I think. Uh, but that's definitely a penalty. That's definitely a late hit out of bounds. So uh, they kind of gave it, gave them an opportunity to kick a field goal. I think Butker probably could have made it from a little bit further, but 15 yards obviously helped. Yeah, and can you talk a bit about that offense, Chris? Because it felt like they were running out of gas, but they just got and it, they went through so many injuries throughout the game. They lose Juju Smith-Schuster, Nicole Hardman. You have Mahomes already limping from his injury. Kelsey was questionable to play in this one. Pacheco seemed to be a little banged up. I mean, how gritty of a performance Kadarius was this by the offense? Yeah, and Kadarius Tony, that's another one. How gritty was this offensive performance, especially considering how much they missed? You know, you go back and watch – how Kansas City played in the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay a couple of years ago. And they they took into that game a really banged up offensive line. A lot of people don't talk about that. That is one of the reasons I think they lost that game. Uh, Mahomes was also injured in, at that point. You know, you give him two weeks to recover, and I honestly think that Juju is going to be fine. Uh, I don't – we don't have any word yet on on injury, so we'll see. Uh, McCole Hardman may be not able to go. Kadarius Toney may be not be able to go. Uh, but I think Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, uh, I think you're going to be good there. And Snead had a concussion. Uh, Willie Gay got hurt. Questions whether or not either of those guys are going to be available. I would imagine Snead will be because uh, I would think that in two weeks he can get through the concussion protocol. Um, Willie Gay, though, it's a question. You know, he went out with a shoulder injury. Is it a stinger? Is it more than that? Did he break something? If he broke something, then he may not be available. But, you know, the whole team showed up and played. And, you know, you look at – even Tommy Townsend, I mean, you start talking about special teams. Tommy Townsend put the ball on the four-yard line once, put the ball on the seven-yard line once, out of bounds, didn't give him a chance to return it. Uh, did phenomenal punting the ball. You, you see why he has become such a big weapon for them, uh, even though you really don't want to punt. Right, and I think the Chiefs are a very well-balanced team overall, and you kind of saw that throughout the game here, but – one player on defense I do want to highlight a bit, Chris, is Brian Cook, a rookie for the Chiefs. Had a couple of pretty costly penalties throughout the game, but then came back and had a, a beautiful tip for an interception. Uh, what, what's your overall assumption of just how much of a role he could play in the Super Bowl in what you saw from him on Sunday in the championship game? 
That's a great question. And I think that Cook is a guy that is, you know, you look at, I know you want to talk about Cook and I do want to say, I think he's going to play a big role in this game. But the thing that really stands out to me, and it's it's nothing against Cook, but they were playing eight rookies in this game. This was supposed to be a year Kansas City was rebuilding. They had all these rookies playing. Pacheco was a seventh-round pick. Jalen Watson was a seventh-round pick. Josh Williams was a fourth-round pick. Trent McDuffie was playing as a first-round pick. And you have Karloftis. You have all those guys <clears throat> that are rookies playing on defense. Cook, I think, is going to have a bigger role in this game uh, coming up because I think that that's going to be something he's going to have to step in and, and take some uh, responsibility for it. And, you know, honestly – Yes, he was early on that on that pass interference, but it was just by maybe half a second. I mean, he was it was just barely a situation where he hit him just a little bit early. Uh, he's going to get better, and I think that he's going to play a big role for this team. Right now, we have the the Reed Bowl coming up in in two weeks. Here, a bunch of Houston, the Kelsey Bowl, even if you want to call it that, a bunch of storylines coming up in this game. But Chris, this is an Eagles team that has been so good throughout the season. The Chiefs going in there to face them. How do you like the matchup for Kansas City? I think it's going to come down to a lot about uh, how you how healthy you're going to be going into this game. Uh, Kansas City is going to have a lot of problems if they lose two of their wide receivers in this game. Obviously, Justin Watson should be back. He was just out with an illness tonight, uh, so I think that that will help. But if you're out, McCall Hardman, if you're out, Kadarius Tony, that's huge. Uh, I would think that Juju is probably going to be okay in two weeks. Again, don't know anything about that yet. Um, but, you know, you're sitting there in a situation where you're going up against the other best team in the NFL. And I think the Eagles have shown that they are a fantastic team the entire season. Uh, and obviously your defense showed up tonight. Uh, four sacks in the first quarter. Huge game from Chris Jones. Uh, monster game from Chris Jones. Uh, they would not have won without him showing up and doing what he was able to do tonight. Uh, defense has got to take another step forward. And I think you look at all these rookies on this defense <clears throat> and they're not playing like rookies anymore. That's the big thing. You know, at this point they're playing like professional football players. Uh, Josh Williams has struggled at times this year, but I think he had a big game tonight. We've seen a lot of players grow up throughout the course of this season, especially on Kansas city's team, but Chris health permitting, assuming you get some or most of those guys back for the Super Bowl, if you're the chiefs, how confident are you that the Chiefs can beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl? They're a great team. I, I'm not going to say that I'm overly confident right now. I think that it's, uh, it's going to be a matchup. And I will say this. You're not going to be in a situation, I don't think, that you're going to have a quarterback in Jalen Hurts that only throws for 121 yards and is able to win the game against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense. I don't see that being an issue this time around. The Eagles have a fantastic defense. They can get after the quarterback. But if you watch Kansas City's offensive line tonight, they played they played really well. Uh, you know, they took care of Patrick Mahomes. He got hit a couple of times. He got sacked a couple of times. But overall, I thought they played really well. Yeah, and that's something that I think ha you have to do that against this Philadelphia Eagles team. And it's a big Super Bowl matchup coming up. You got the Chiefs. You got the Eagles. And for more on Chris's work, and of course, the Chiefs, be sure to check out the Locked On Chiefs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Chris, thanks so much. The Chiefs have made, it seems like, countless AFC Championship games at this point. They go back to the Super Bowl trying to win another one in the Patrick Mahomes era. But we're going to dive into more, except we're going to the coaching carousel side of things coming up in our final segment with Julian Council of Locked On Panthers. So be sure to stay tuned for that. A ton of talk about still here on Locked On NFL. 
But first, this episode is sponsored by FanDuel. And this year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. So go look at those money lines on the FanDuel Sportsbook app between the Chiefs and the Eagles. I'm sure they might move a little bit based on who's available for the Chiefs or not. So keep a lock down the FanDuel Sportsbook all week. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid on your winnings instantly. And there's so much to like about using the FanDuel app. It is it is really easy to use, super user-friendly, and so much more. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more a FanDuel official sports book partner of the NFL. We are back here rounding out Locked On NFL here on Monday. Kevin Ostrek, our host of Locked On Ravens, still here with you. And we're now going to be diving in to our conversation with Julian Council of Locked On Panthers as the Panthers officially hiring Frank Reich as their next head coach, replacing Steve Wilkes, who ended up replacing Matt Rule early in that 2022 season. So let's talk about what that means for the Carolina Panthers, Julian Council. Well, the Carolina Panthers hired a very familiar face to their head coaching vacancy in Frank Reich over Steve Wilkes, who I did think shows some signs. But here to talk about that with me, Julian Council, the host over at Locked on Panthers. And Julian, I know there was a lot of conversation about whether the Panthers should just remove the interim tag from Steve Wilkes based off of what he ended up showing. But they go in a different direction with Frank Reich. What was your reaction when the hire was announced? Uh, disappointed, but not surprised. I really felt like Steve Wilkes earned this job in Carolina after going six and six in the final 12 games of the season for a team that he took over. That was one and four when they fired Matt rule back in October, you saw the Panthers trade away, Christian McCaffrey trade away, Robbie Anderson and multiple staffers also left, whether they were fired by Wilkes or they decided to go follow Matt rule back at Nebraska, be able to turn that team around, establish an identity, especially on offense where we saw probably the best six-week stretch of Sam Darnold's career late in that season when going that Week 17 game at Tampa Bay. The Panthers need to win that game and then the following week in New Orleans, and they would have been NFC South Division champions for the first time since 2015. So Steve Wilkes was able to lead what really was a remarkable turnaround and show the leadership and the communication it takes to really galvanize a locker room like he did here in Carolina. And you would have thought maybe that would have been enough, but clearly it wasn't. Panthers owner David Tepper pretty much let us know what it was going to be right when he fired Matt Rule and had the press conference naming Steve Wilkes as the interim, saying that the only way Steve Wilkes would even be considered for the job is if he did an incredible job for the final 12 games of the season, which I think he did. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people out there in the NFL who observed what happened in Carolina felt the same way. But David Tepper decided to go with pretty much the opposite of Matt Rule and Frank Reich, who is 61 years old. He's a former head coach, having an NFL experience, which Matt Rule did not have. But most importantly for Frank Reich, he comes from the offensive side of the ball. When you looked at some of the interviews that the Panthers conducted and who they were trying to talk to, it was very clear that Steve not Steve Wilkes, but David Tepper was looking for an offensive coach. And he found that in Frank Reich, who had success in Indianapolis, although having to go through the quarterback carousel five years in a row. He's someone who you mentioned played here. First ever Carolina Panthers quarterback started the first three games of Panthers franchise history. But I certainly wouldn't call it a homecoming because the hometown guy was Steve Wilkes, who's from Charlotte, went to high school in Charlotte, had coached here previously on Ron Rivera, but for whatever reason was not good enough for David Tepper to be viewed as the next head coach here for the Carolina Panthers. 
Yeah, it, it just felt like Wilkes, it felt like the players responded to Wilkes. And that's why we saw, I think, a much better play based off what we saw from Matt Rule and his led teams over there. But Julian, with this Frank Reich hire, you mentioned the offensive side of the ball. What's kind of your vision moving forward for what this team can do with the pieces they already have and even the pieces they can get this offseason? Yeah, well, for me, no matter who they hired, their success was always going to be predicated upon finding the right quarterback. And we saw Frank Wright can tell you firsthand when he had Andrew Luck back in that 2018 season, they went to the playoffs, lost in the division around at Kansas City. Then when Andrew Luck decides that he's going to retire, they go seven to nine with Jacoby Brissett, which could be Brissett, fine quarterback, but not someone you want to start for 16, now 17 games in an NFL season. He gets Phillip Rivers. They go 11 and five, have success, losing the wild card round to Buffalo, but they were a playoff team. The last two years, though, with Carson Wentz, when it was good until it wasn't good, and then last year, the fiasco of Matt Ryan, you can see how Frank Reich, who had a winning record, 40-33-1 in Indianapolis, you can see how the trajectory of a coach can go from being very positive, you think they can build a Super Bowl winner, to, oh man, are we even a playoff team anymore when you don't have that quarterback? So Carolina's been in the exact same boat as Indianapolis. They had their franchise quarterback in Cam Newton, who deteriorated right before our eyes since 2018. And really 2017 was the last great season that he had here. The last time, coincidentally, the Carolina Panthers went to the playoffs. So the first thing they have to do now that Frank Reich is here is, okay, obviously get a coaching staff, but have a staff in place to then develop a rookie quarterback who this, I would imagine, would be the year to take them sitting there at number nine in the draft, whether they trade up or they stay at nine. They've got to find their franchise quarterback. So really, the next step for Carolina is getting that franchise quarterback, the pair of Frank Reich, and in hoping that he can develop them and get to the point where with a solid offensive line, an excellent young defense, this Panthers team, and in wide open division, has no reason not to be competitive this season in 2023 if they are able to nail the quarterback um, this offseason. Yeah, and there was a lot of conversation, especially around the trade deadline, Julian, about whether the Panthers would part with some of their key pieces, such as a, a DJ Moore or Brian Burns. I decided to hold Pat on those guys. But do you envision this being an aggressive offseason for Carolina in terms of bringing in talent? Because their roster already, you kind of look up and down. They're, they're not talentless. They have some guys that can play. Yeah, and the general manager here in Carolina, Scott Fitter, has already talked about that back during um, his exit interviews a couple weeks ago, saying that this is the time where they can really be aggressive. The last two seasons, the last two offseasons, rather, they really focus on building the offensive line, which they did, where it was one of the worst units in the NFL back in 2021 and became one of the better units this past year in 2022. And they have all those guys outside of Bradley Bozeman under contract. I'm sure they're going to be very aggressive in trying to retain Bozeman as their starting center for next season. But they built the offensive line last offseason. The year before that, they really built the defense. Now, there's guys like Hassan Reddick who've gone on to Philadelphia, but you still have guys like Derek Brown, like Jeremy Chin, like J.C. Horn, who they drafted in the first round a couple years ago, and like Brian Burns, of course, one of the young premier pass rushers in the NFL. Like That's what they really focus on the last two seasons, last two offseasons. Now they're focused on adding more skill talent, adding more of that speed to this defense, this offense, really to this overall roster that can, can take them to the next level. And having the coach, having the quarterback, all that plays into – now being more aggressive, going after some of these free agents that can get them over the top and put them right there as the team to beat in the NFC South in 2023 and beyond. Yeah, and you mentioned that number nine pick and kind of like this is the year to take that quarterback, but is there any inkling in your mind, Julian, that you'd be okay with them trading for one of the quarterbacks that could be available this offseason? Maybe an Aaron Rodgers, no. maybe a Lamar Jackson. That's that's a no for you? No, no. Yeah, I mean, I know you host the Ravens podcast. I don't even know how it's even a conversation that Lamar would not be back in Baltimore. Like what the, what are the Ravens going to do without 
Lamar. They're not going to be a good football team. So I, it doesn't make any sense to me why they would get rid of a guy who's been an MVP, who's been incredible. And I mean, you know, like the season last year in 2021 falls apart as soon as Lamar gets injured. This year, kind of the same case. They make it to the playoffs. Tyler Huntley, he's fine. But the Ravens need Lamar Jackson. And any team that wants to be competitive needs a player like Lamar Jackson. So I don't think he's on the table. And nor should he be. Like, it'd be insane if Eric DaCosta and John Arbaugh get rid of him. So there's your – there's a you clip that. Put that in lockdown yeah, right. Ravens, too, if you want. But Aaron Rodgers, I'm good there. It looks like the Jets are probably going to be very aggressive trying to get him now that they hired Nathaniel Hackett, his former OC there in Green Bay with the Packers. who just got fired in Denver as her head coach, one and done there. But it, they've done this the last couple off-seasons. They brought in Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think they ever thought of him as being kind of the long-term guy. He was always, I thought, more of like a bridge option who then they gave up on after a year and didn't even draft a quarterback. So that never really made a lot of sense. Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, both of them first-round reclamation projects. They don't need to do that again. They don't need to get into the Derek Carr sweepstakes if we want to call it that. They don't need to be interested in Aaron Rodgers. They just need to do it the right way. You have your head coach now. You have your general manager and Scott Fitterer. Go out there, get a rookie quarterback with a cost-controlled contract because you have players like Burns who you need to extend, like Jeremy Chin who you're going to need to extend, and then also you want to be aggressive and try and bring some other high-level talent this offseason. So I am not interested at all in going out there and trying to – see if Jimmy Garoppolo can play be healthy for 17 games hell even nine games to get the Panthers to where they want to be next season go draft a rookie in the top 10 of the draft no more I'm sick of it if they can hit on that rookie quarterback if they can get their guy there with the roster they already have you know you talked about how they need that quarterback they could be dangerous for for years and years to come but that's Julian Councils Julian thank you so much for hopping on with me here if you want to check out more of Julian's work and on the Panthers. Be sure to check out the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Julian, I appreciate you. It's a big move by the Panthers hiring Frank Reich. We will see how it works out for them, but they have talent on that roster and we'll see what they do with it coming up here this offseason. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked On NFL. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let me get back here tomorrow. We dive into more NFL content with your Tuesday host. So be sure to stay tuned for that and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.